Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, it's, uh, Wednesday, it's the last day of May, it's Wednesday, May 31st, uh, and I'm, I'm coming back from, uh, dropping the kids off at school, and, uh, what was I about to say, I was just about to say something, yeah, I guess we're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this, uh, I'm gonna call this season five, we're in season five now of the Birthday Boy podcast, if you can believe that. And uh, as the as of this recording, you'll be shocked to hear that I have a zillion podcasts going back to I think February that have not been posted, and that is my goal uh, between now and uh, the day that I die is to post those podcasts. And uh, yeah. I don't remember what what any of them are. I'm just going to post them so that like the so that the po- podcast posting tumor that's going to grow inside of me as a result of not posting those podcasts and I think about it rather obsessively uh I can I can I can make it stop. I can make that tumor stop. Uh so anyway. Yeah, it's the last day of May. May is uh May is both a great month and a terrible month. I am never in a good mood on my birthday, as I've mentioned previously. So it's like May is like, okay, it's birthday month. I, you know what? I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood on my wife's birthday, which is a couple weeks before mine. And uh, her birthday usually uh, falls, well, not usually. I would say probably every year because it's on the same day every year and it's it's uh it's right before or right after or occasionally it's right on mother's day um so it's uh yeah we have the nice birthday dinner last week i fucking you know i i I recorded a podcast about how much i hate my birthday because so many birthdays are so shitty uh and last week i wouldn't say it was a shitty birthday it was just like the next day i was talking to my boss and she's like oh how was your birthday did you go out did you spoil yourself did you do so and I just you know I'm just like I'm lying lying to her because I don't want to honestly I don't want to have this conversation (laughs) so I'm like oh yeah it was good it was good 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 and she's like what did you do and I I was just like I was working (laughs) (laughs) like you know that big fucking pile of shit that you gave me to do like i'm uh, i want to take friday off so i was working just like monday and tuesday and seemingly every day i was working very late until i finally just said you know what if i don't start taking phone calls from friends and family i'm not going to talk to them today so uh, so that was that was the good part of the birthday. Um, was talking to uh, my parents, talking to my sister, brother-in-law, nephews, uh, texting with Nate, talking with Shimo. Um, good, 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 good stuff. And then, of course, uh, the kids. So one of the things that I do for my for not for my birthday, but for other people's birthdays or other occasions, is I. My my hilarious joke is that I pick out a card that's for an entirely different occasion altogether. And so what I will do 
is I will get oh, these people every day. They are like these retirees are like they're on a schedule unlike anything I've ever seen because they are in the same the, at least this one couple and they've got they've got four four fucking dogs. Four huge. They're huge dogs. And every day uh when I come back from taking the kids to school, they are in the same spot on their morning walk. It's it's kind of unbelievable. And then uh, this one guy is in the same... When I take the kids to school, he's walking down the same... Str- like, these these people are... Yeah, it's, it's really... It's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, you spend your whole life working and you're on a schedule and you're on a routine and you, the alarm goes off at the same time and you leave the house at the same time and all that stuff. I mean, you know, I could imagine that... Well, I can I, I can tell you from uh, I mean my my parents were on a routine. My mom was still getting up at absurd hours of the morning, and, and then only in the last maybe two years, if even that, maybe even less than that. I don't know. But they uh, only just recently. And my dad's been retired for a little while, and he. Um, He's a little bit more of a night owl. He was always an early bird because uh, he would be up uh, very early to go to work, to go to school, to go to... Uh, he, I mean, he was like... There was a period of time where he was up at like 4 in the morning going to the Y before work every day, doing his, uh, doing that Nautilus thing from back in the in the 80s and the 90s. Um, yeah. And so... They, they, you know, they retired and they kind of stayed on the routine. My in-laws are retired. I'm pretty sure they, they still have a pretty strict, uh, I mean, not strict, but you know, they go to bed early, they get up early, kind of, you kind of have that routine. So it's, so it's interesting to see because I'm, I can tell you with a tremendous level of certainty that if I retired tomorrow, uh, maybe the first week or two, maybe even the first month would be like, okay, yeah, I get up at the same time just cause that's what I'm used to. And, uh, and all that, but, uh, that, that routine would be, that, that routine would be over pretty quickly. And I would just be, Oh, they didn't, didn't take the sunglasses. What the hell? My kid's going to a baseball game today, the school field trip. They brought their baseball cap, put on sunscreen, that's good. Big bottle of uh, water filled with ice. Hey, Tobes. Hello. Hello, my sweet boy. Okay, run away. Um, And they didn't take their sunglasses. What the hell? Eh, whatever, I guess... I guess why why bring sunglasses when you can just squint, right? Right. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. So I, so my parents are kind of like, yeah, they got to a point where they're just, and it's not to say they don't have a routine, per se, but uh, yeah, my mom is no longer. Uh, I mean, my mom's been retired since two thousand nine. And so for the first 11, 12 years of that retirement, 
like I said, uh, up until just a couple of years ago, she was she was up at the same time every day, which was usually, oh man, five thirty, maybe six at the latest. If she slept in, it was it was six or six thirty, but it was usually somewhere between five thirty and six that she would uh, that she would be up. And my dad, my dad, a little bit like I said, more of a night owl. My my dad's a guy that even when I was a kid, like he would get up in the middle of the night. He'd get up at like two in the morning, come downstairs and have a bowl of cereal or something, and sit and he'd sit at the table and read the newspaper, and then he'd go back upstairs. I've never, I've never once in my life that I can think of. No, I, I'm. I don't need to think about it. I know I've never once in my life uh, gotten up. I mean, it was gotten up in the middle of the night plenty of times. And there's even been some times where I just, it was so bad that I just, I don't know. I, I got up and, you know, came out on the couch maybe twice, maybe. Um, most of the time I wake up and go to the bathroom. I get back in bed, hopefully fall asleep within uh, you know a minute or two of getting back in bed. And of course, we all have the times where we get up in the middle of the night, maybe go to the bathroom or whatever, or maybe don't even go to the bathroom, but we just, you know, for whatever reason, we're, we are awakened during the nighttime hours and can't get back to sleep. And so we lie there for several more hours. And then, of course, uh, the, the classic, like, guaranteed to happen is you wake up at whatever, Two in the morning, one in the you wake up and you're up. You're just lying there for three hours, tossing and turning. Maybe you nod off for thirty seconds, and then, of course, right about like in the in the ten minutes or so before your alarm goes off is when you just fall right to sleep, just sound as sleeping like a log. Deep ten minutes of just deep rem sleep oh it's wonderful it only took me four hours to get here and there's the alarm and the sleep is over and it's time to go to work and it's only monday (laughs) um but i've never gotten up in the middle of the night and had a snack ever um which is weird because i do love to eat and i fucking uh, all the other hours of the day i'm eating but i've never I've never gotten up in the middle of the night and gone down to the kitchen or the pantry or something and uh, and had a snack. Not not never, not nowhere, not know how. All right, season five. Here we are, baby. Uh, let's talk. Um, well, there's a couple of things. Uh, so the Celtics are eliminated from the playoffs. Absolutely atrocious game seven. <laughs> it started out promising uh, right in the very early minutes when the when the Celtics were up uh, five nothing, and I thought, ooh, if they can just hold that five point lead for the next couple of hours, we'll be in good shape. And they did not. They did not hold it for. Uh, they held it for maybe the next couple of minutes, if if even that. It was not long, and and then it was tied, and then it was kind of a seesaw matchup for a little bit, and then and then it wasn't, and then the then the Miami Heat just just took off, and yeah, look, 
Uh, Tatum was injured early in the game. I mean, like very early. And that was a rough, uh, you know, seeing him come down, roll up his, uh, his ankle like that. It's like, oof. And then, I, you know, I, look, I don't know anything about anything. And the guy, you know, hobbled around a little bit, uh, limped around a little bit, and just kind of, uh, you know, we walked it off, as they say. And <laughs> I, I was just, I was sitting there watching because it was, this was like a rare, usually if there's sports on, I'll, I'll put an iPad on the coffee table. Or maybe two iPads or maybe three. But I'll put on, you know, if if there's whatever game is on that I want to see, I'll put it on an iPad or something while the wife and I are on the main TV. You know, we're watching a movie or a TV show or something. And I'll put uh, whatever sports thing is on. Or a, maybe some, maybe it's a wrestling event. Maybe, who knows? And I'll just, I'll just kind of have it on the iPad. And, although lately I don't do that as much because I'm just, I'm just too lazy. Well, we lived in the apartment and the iPad was just down the hall and it was easy to get it. That was one thing. But now I got to like, I got to go all the way upstairs, grab the iPad. And then I got to put it, I got to find the channel that I want or the streaming. The, eh, I'm just too, too lazy now, too tired. So, uh, yeah, so Monday night, I mean, even, even game six, I mostly had on the iPad. We watched this terrible movie on Saturday during game six. I don't even remember the name of it, but it says mother and daughter and their car breaks down. Uh, their, their car breaks down and the, I don't even know where the hell they're going. She's taking the daughter to the dad's house or something. And the mother is just fucking terrible. Like it's just, she, it's a terrible, terrible mother. But then it's so inconsistent because then sometimes the mother will be like holding the daughter and be like, come here, baby. It's okay, baby. I love you, baby. But like it flat, it, but most of the time the mother is, mother's just like yelling at the daughter. And then it shows flashbacks of like, they're going to some, uh, the mother's a fucking uh, raging alcoholic. <laughs> and so it's, it's showing a flashback of the mom and the daughter, and the mom's yelling at the daughter, like "You're gonna be late for the school play or the concert, the band concert, or whatever the hell it is, a chorus. I don't know what the fuck." And the daughter's like, "I don't want you to go. You've never been there for anything. Why would you go now? I don't want you there." And the mom's like, "The mom just goes, fuck you." And the daughter's like, "What? Fuck you." And the daughter's like, I hate you. And then the mom goes, fuck you. And then they just go back and forth. I hate you. Fuck you. I hate you. Fuck you. And then the mother gets in the car and she's like, yeah, good luck getting a ride to the school. Fuck you. And then, and then the daughter's like hysterically cry. I hate you. And then I said, I turn to the wife. I'm like, so <laughs> like, so the mom is still just going to the school play. And nobody's going to be like, hey, where's your daughter? Why are you here and your daughter's not here? And then the mom's going to have to be like, I taught her a lesson. I taught that fucking bitch a lesson that if I'm going to be an absentee parent and an alcoholic and abusive, verbally abusive, uh, then she is going to need to find her own ride to school. <laughs> That's called parenting. Anyway, I don't know. So the mom was like... 
taking the kid to, I think the kid was going to just live with the dad forever. And, um, I don't, I don't even remember, but they're driving through the woods. You know, it's one of those dark roads in the middle of the forest and they're, they're driving along and the car, she hits a wolf or something with the car and then they call triple a and uh and as they're waiting for triple a they see uh the the wolf's carcass is on the road and then triple a the tow truck guy shows up and it's raining of course and the tow truck guy's working on you know he's like oh it's gonna take me a little while i gotta i gotta hook up to the thing and get the tow truck and they're like Sitting there, they're, they're they're not willing to get in the tow truck because they think the guy's uh, like a creep, even though he's just he's he's literally just there doing his job. But I get it, I get it. Um, and then uh, and then they look out the the window and they see that the wolf's carcass is gone. And they say, "What happened? Where did the well, he was? Oh, that wolf was dead." And then uh, and then the and then the do- and then she just lets the daughter. Go out and investigate in the pouring rain with the tow truck driver that they are afraid of. And she's just the daughter's like, I'm going to go check it out. And the mom's like, yeah, go check it out. I'll sit here in the safety of this car and stay dry. And so the daughter's checking out, the, you know, walks into the woods a little bit and then finds the, the carcass of the wolf. And as the daughter's sitting there inspecting the carcass of the wolf, you see this big black monster figure kind of come up behind her. And I, and that's when I start to think, okay, here we go. I want monsters. Just like in that movie Mal- Malvum, Malum, whatever it's called, uh, with the girl in the jail thing. Uh, I loved it because it was just like, it was, and, and, and that is the one thing is watching these low budget movies is so nice because they don't have the money for CG. And it is such a fucking treat whether the movie's good or not. It's still just a treat to find anything that has monsters that is just a a human being with all kinds of makeup and costumes and prosthetics and things like that. And like creepy makeup and creepy masks and and the whole thing. It's so nice to see that instead of, because there's no, I can't think of any CG that's scary ever. I can't think of a ton of CG that's like good ever, especially when, when a, when a character in a, in a movie or something is CG. Yeah. I mean, you know, unless it's like, unless it's just, it's just such an out of control, absurd budget, you know, like a Lord of the Rings or something where you've got Gollum and you can afford to pay somebody like Andy Serkis, who is like the go-to guy for any of these, yeah, Gollum, the Planet of the Apes, Ape, uh, uh, the Star Wars guy, Snoke, whatever the fuck his name is, um, any of those characters, but like, that's not a horror movie. That's just okay. Yeah, you need it's a big epic fantasy thing. You got to have some CG, I suppose. That's great, and they have enough money to make it to make it seamless. Even the, the I mean, you go these movies are twenty 
years old, these Lord of the Rings movies, and they still, to me, I mean, yeah, they've some parts they haven't aged as well as far as the technology, but I remember then just thinking, like, God, this it's just it's just seamless, and I watch it now, and it's like, yeah, it still looks great. Um, but those are again, you have to have such an astronomical budget to make the CG not just look like crap. And even sometimes when they do have an astronomical budget, I wonder what are they spending it on because the CG sucks. So anyways, it's nice to watch these low-budget things where they can't afford any CG at all whatsoever. And so it's all costumes. It's all props. It's all actual set. You know, you're actually they're actually filming. If it takes place outside, they're actually filming outside. It's It's nice. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the girl is inspecting the wolf and you see the monster behind her and, uh, and then the, and then the fucking tow truck guy, (laughs) he's still working on stuff. And then all of a sudden, like he disappears and they're, oh yeah, they don't know that the tow truck guy has disappeared. He's under, he's underneath their car trying to get, he's like, oh, your axle's not the kind of, uh, your axle's broken and I'm going to have to do some stuff to get the tow truck hooked up to the thing. And uh, so he's, he's underneath the car, you know, tooling away, doing whatever the fuck he's doing. And, uh, and then all of a sudden the mom's sitting there like, what is taking this guy so long? Like, again, the tow truck guy who drove out to the middle of nowhere and in pretty reasonable amount of time, by the way, um, drove out in the middle of nowhere (laughs) to, to help these people and has to do extra work and is underneath the car trying to do said work. And then all of a sudden they, they start to get impatient and the mom starts to get impatient. She's like, what's taking this guy so long? It's pouring rain. It's dark. He can't see anything. It's been like 10 minutes. She's like, what is taking him so long? And all of a sudden she just starts honking the horn. He's under the car. What do you fucking do? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, can you imagine being a tow truck driver? and You drive out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the night, in the middle of a rainstorm to help this stupid woman and her stupid kid. And then you're underneath the car and all of a sudden she starts honking a horn. Like, move it! Hurry up! We got places to be! <laughs> like, fuck you! So they're honking, honking, and then they he's not responding and she's like, Ugh, I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. <laughs> and she gets out of the car and, of course, he's no longer underneath their car. And, uh, anyway, I can't remember what, I think the movie was just called the monster or something along those lines. Anyways, I think it was on something peacock or something like that. Um, peacock has a decent, decent little collection of, uh, of low budget, uh, recent horror movies. Um, and that's just, uh, you know, that's a fun little Saturday night, I guess. Uh, so, so anyways, uh, so the monster, I don't know, who cares about how it ends? You can watch it or you can look it up and uh, it's just, you know, it ends pretty much as you would think. And there is a monster. And I, and, and then, you know, they get uh, an ambulance comes out and there's two paramedics and, of course, 
you know, they get the, they, they get everyone into the ambulance and then the one, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, where's the other guy? And then he, you know, and then his corpse lands on the windshield of the, of the ambulance. And it's just kind of, it was kind of just funny to see like the number of times that, you know, in most horror movies, they call for help and either nobody ever comes because the phone line gets cut off or there's no cell service or, uh, you know, just whatever, any, any number of things. Or, or the police comes for a second, you know, like in Home Alone, like, looks good to me, and then drives off, something like that. Or, or they get killed by whatever the ghoul or the monster or the, whatever the thing is. And in this case, it's just funny because, like, multiple different pe- – there's multiple different vehicles, multiple different people, multiple opportunities to – rather easily escape this uh this monster and i'm pretty sure the monster is just the jersey devil like just based on uh you know what they what they showed of the monster and it was creepy it's a good creepy looking monster i guess it, it looked to me like the jersey devil uh so yeah so the anyway that's that's the and it was a piece of crap the movie stunk it was so, I, you know, we've been on such a roll lately. We just watch these movies that I've never even heard of. And a lot of times they end up, like that movie Fall ended up just being fantastic. The two girls who climb up the, the really tall radio tower and then the ladder falls and they're stuck up there. And it's just awesome. And Malum, which had everything that I want in a horror movie. And it was just great. Just these little Please, like you have no expectations because you never even heard of the movie, and you're like, "Yeah, I'll check this out." And yeah, sometimes they're duds, and you get there's times that we get 20 minutes in, and I just I'll turn, we'll turn to each other and be like, "Are you are you enjoying this? Are you paying attention to this?" No, me neither. Okay, let's find something else. And uh, <laughs> or we stick it out to the end because I just want to see, like, oh come on, it has to be better than this. Like this movie we watched Monday called. I think it's just called Jack in the Box. And there's two of them, and we watched the first one. And it's this ancient box that's unearthed. And it just has, it just says Jack on it, and it's got a creepy face. And the fucking monster comes out of the box, and he sucks the people, literally pulls their their bodies into his Jack in the Box and pulls them back to hell. And he he's really creepy looking. He's really creepy looking, but at the same time, it, it's like the least scary movie I've seen ever that that should like I'm looking at this guy and I'm like that's a creepy face that's a scary looking jack in the box sort of clown demonic sort of thing and I'm like but why is it not scary at all I don't know but it just was it was just terrible man it was it bad it was so bad um worse than the, the Jersey Devil movie that I'm recapping um, but anyway, so yeah, so we watched that that Jersey Devil, whatever the hell movie it is that I'm describing, and I had the iPad on and I had Game Six on, and then of course you know I watched uh, watched the the last uh, minutes of Game Six very intently, and that that final shot that that Derek that that was a miss, and then Derek White tipped it in, sending him to to Game Seven, but really the 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 Celtics were considerably ahead during game six and then very very nearly lost the game and uh so i thought it was funny that everyone's like yep 
The Celtics are favored in Game 7. I'm like, why are the Celtics favored in Game 7? Why are the Celtics being given like, yep, this is the story. It's going to be just like 2004 with the Red Sox. It's going to be just like 28-3 Patriots, Falcons, and Super Bowl 51. It's going to be just like all those classic down-and-out stories where the Red Sox, where the Boston team just fought their way back. And I'm sort of just sitting there thinking, I don't know about that. I just, I would like that to be the case, but I'm not so certain that a team that didn't even show up for really for some of those those early games that they lost in that Heat series. I mean, they were fine in game one. I felt like game two and game three, it was just like, they were almost unwatchable. It's like, what, this team is just, are they just done? Have they just had enough? <laughs> and then it's just like, yeah, I don't want to go to the finals. I'm tired. Can we just lose these games? <laughs> Be done with it. And then, of course, game four, they show up and they finally win. And then, oh, my God, they won game five. And then game six, oh, my God, they've tied the series. We're at the game seven. And I just, like, uh, I just said, there's no, there's no indication that any one of these teams is better than the other. Uh, except that that's except you're watching this game seven, and it's like at a certain point, when are you gonna stop shooting threes? Because none of them are going in. And yes, I know that three is more than two, but also zero is less than both of those numbers. If none of your threes are actually threes, if a three ends up being a zero, it's a zero. And you could do it 10 times in a row and it's still zero. And so at a certain point, I'm like, listen, I'm no big city NBA player. I'm no big city NBA coach. I'm no great basketball wizard in any way, shape, or form, or even like slightly knowledgeable on the strategies and the, and the, and the X's and O's of it all. But I'll tell you one thing, if I'm coaching a team and the team's making a particular kind of shot or attempting to make a particular kind of shot, and that shot is failing like 99 times out of 100, I'm going to say, you know what, fellas, let's maybe try to get two points uh, instead of the three points because the three points end up being zero points. And I know not all of those two points will end up being two points, but some of them probably will. And it was just like, wow, they're just, they're just not a, there's no, there's no uh, attempts at uh, defending. There's, it's just, to me, it was just like, okay, here's the strategy, guys. We're going to get the ball and somebody's going to shoot a three pointer. All right. And that's going to be the whole strategy for the rest of the game. And then, of course, they lose by, what, like 20 points. <laughs> and you think, like, okay, let's see. Well, they certainly took more than seven uh, failed three-point attempts. And uh, let's say they did double that amount. Let's say they had 15 three-point attempts and, like, two of them were successful. Versus if you had taken 15... Uh, two-point attempts and like half of them were successful you're at least you're at least still in the ball game quite literally and uh it would have been much closer and eh, whatever so I don't I don't I don't fully understand that and it is strange 
and then the th- and then here's the thing though. Uh, Tuesday morning, waking up Tuesday morning and listening to sports talk radio, and like the experts are on there, and somebody like a Dan Patrick and and you know these other guys are like, why, why were they continuing to shoot three point shots and none of them were going in? Like two of them were successful, and the other fifty million were unsuccessful. Why did they keep doing that? And I think, okay, well, at least I'm not a complete moron. Like, at least, at least I do notice the things when they are just glaringly punch you in the face obvious when, when something is happening that's not working. And so for me, that was watching the, 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 all these three-point shots not uh, be successful. And then to, you know, and then I think to myself, well, okay, obviously somebody's, somebody's crunched the numbers on this and said, no, some statistician, some fucking brilliant, uh, you know, 25 year old MBA with a laptop sitting there somewhere is saying, no, 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 statistically, blah, blah, blah. The analytics tell us a blah, blah, blah. I, I just don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand what the, what the thinking was, but uh yeah it was it was it was a sad state of affairs um but you know good for good for the heat good for good for jimmy butler uh and the rest of the gang and uh yeah i i mean i'll definitely be the denver nuggets i mean first of all this is the other thing has anybody even once just even like mentioned the denver nuggets no, because it's not a. It's not like. What's exciting about that? What's the star power on that team? You know what's, what's so exciting about the Denver Nuggets that we should spend any amount of time talking about the Denver Nuggets, other than the fact that they've been the best team in the league, uh, all like consistently, not like the Celtics where sometimes they're the best team in the league and then other times it's like I don't know if they're that. Are they good? Yesterday they were, today not so much, tomorrow, who knows? And that Heat series pretty much was the, <laughs> told the tale of, that, that was the embodiment of that whole season, was just like, okay, wow, the Celtics stink, and then all of a sudden, like, ooh, whoa, wait a minute, no, they, they're good, they tied up this series. They're not going to let an eight seed go on to the finals, uh-uh, <laughs> But they did. That's so charitable of them. That's so generous. Like, come on, guys. You go. You go to the finals. You go. You go. <laughs> we were there last year. You guys go ahead. <laughs> um, but you know, it's been. Uh, what are we talking about? We're talking about Celtics. We're talking about Tatum. We're talking about Jimmy Buckets, Miami Heat. Uh, you know, we're talking about the Spolstra. We're talking about uh, the fucking, what's his name? The Celtics coach who replaced uh, Udoka. Um, and you do have to kind of wonder a little bit, like, it's, it's all the same guys as last year, different coach. Hmm, I wonder, wonder how that would have gone. Anyway, uh, I want to say that the coach's name is Joe Mariota, but that's I don't think I don't think that's correct at all. I just have like I have I was last week I was sitting there watching 
And, like, Eric Spolstra has only been, what, coaching for, like, 15 years as the, you know, after Pat Riley stepped down. And he's incredibly successful. And I sat there, I sat there for what felt like an hour and a half, uh, uh, an hour and a half uh, trying to um, remember his name. I'm, I'm, I'm staring at him. And I'm like, why? Why don't I know? Why don't I know his name? It's just one of those weird things. Like I've never, I've never not been able to just look and be like, yeah, Eric Spolstra, coach of the heat. And then the other day I'm watching him on the sidelines and I'm like, I have no idea what that dude's name is. I sat there and then it just like, you know, slowly the little puzzle pieces come into place. You're like, I think, I think there's a, I think there's an E and then you get the sill. I'm like, it's, <laughs> like, oh, Eric Spolstra. And of course, I have all season long, I've been able to just say what the name is of the Celtics coach. And uh, let's see, Celtics coach, Joe Mazzula, thank you. Who's Joe Mariota? That's somebody, isn't it? At least I had, I had the Joe part. I and and at no point have I ever, um, at no point have I ever sat there and said like oh, I don't know this guy's name. I just I was like yeah Joe Mazzula. That dude's thir- it's so weird that like how young people are. Joe Mazzula is thirty four years old. Somebody's like NBA draft twenty eleven. What? He's a youngster. Everywhere all youngsters. Uh, let's see. How old is, uh, Spolstra? He can't be much older than me. Undrafted, 1990. Okay, 52 years. Older than I thought. But he's got that young person's face. Uh, wow. Okay, so he's like, yeah, he's 10 years older than me. Fine, great, good, super. Um... I'm I'm looking up uh, Udonis Haslam because <laughs> oh Udonis Haslam oh he's almost uh, he's like two weeks younger than me that's so funny but he's still like yeah he's still on the Miami oh it says career end April 9th, twenty twenty three I mean I know he hasn't played in any but like. I guess, yeah, I guess they can't just be like, yeah, go on out there, old man, and play. <laughs> Let these young, younger, better players sit out so you can, uh, yeah. I mean, he'll still, yeah, that's, but that, I, I think that's a nice story. Like the Miami Heat, okay. And obviously, Udonis Haslam, he's got plenty of rings. He's been on that damn team for 20 years. So he was there for Shaq and D Wade, he was there for LeBron. And D Wade, dude, doesn't need any more championships. And those those previous championships that I mentioned, you know, he was he was uh, you know he, he was a little more instrumental in those uh, than uh, than this season. But let's see, okay, yeah, oh five oh six was that? Yeah, that's right. Oh six was when the Heat won with Shaq. 
and then uh, 2012, 2013 were the LeBron years, and then and then Golden State kind of, yeah, whatever. Uh, Udonis Haslam, champion, yeah, three NBA championships. So it's not like the dude needs like needs a ring to solidify his legacy or anything like that. But it would be, yeah, I wonder how that feels though. If you get like he obviously played this season, not a ton, I'm sure. Uh, but he played, and I don't know that he's taken the court. Has he played at all in the postseason? I don't think so. Um, like, I, I honestly haven't paid enough attention to know to be able to tell you because I mean the only the, all the all the attention's on uh, Jimmy buckets. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, I wonder if that like. If you're on that team and you've given 20 years of your life to the team and you're not really super instrumental in, let's say the Heat go on and they beat Denver and they win the championship. Like, if you're if you're Udonis Haslam, are you like, yeah, got a fourth ring, baby, woo? Or are you just kind of like, I don't, don't give me the ring. I didn't like fucking do anything in that in those playoffs. Or is it more like a symbolic, like, hey, enjoy your fourth ring. You you earned those other three. You know, you worked hard all your life. You've been in the league for 20 years, and you're, uh, you know, just enjoy it. It's like a nice little parting gift. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would feel shitty. I would, I just, you know, I'd be like, oh, I don't, don't give me that ring. I didn't do anything. Um, I would also, but I was, in fairness, I would also be that guy who, like, if I, if every series went to game seven and I was instrumental in winning all of those games, and then I was instrumental in, like, winning three games in the NBA finals, and then I got injured, like, right at the beginning of game four, and then uh, had nothing to do with game four, and, and our team still won without me, I would still be like, no. Don't give me the ring. I didn't deserve it. I didn't win that last game. Even if I was like almost single-handedly responsible for winning the the previous three games in the finals and then I got injured or something happened and I couldn't play at all in game four and and the team plays their heart out and they win it and uh, I'd be very excited, but I would, yeah, that's I just for me, I'd be like, oh, I don't, I didn't win this game though. You know, that's like... That would be I, – I would have the same mentality of like, – because they, and they'd be like, yeah, but you won all the games to get us here. And you won all the games in the previous series to get us here. And uh, blah, 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 blah. And uh, and I would be like, yeah, but I didn't win the game. I didn't even participate in the game. I could have been out there playing and we could have gotten our asses handed to us four consecutive times in a row and just blown this this whole series. That would be my thinking. Which is which is when I think that's a pretty good insight into just how I am and like I don't. There's some people who have no problem just telling you how late they were up doing work, how much they're doing, how this and that, and um, I I just yeah to to my detriment I don't brag enough about myself like at work. Uh, when I do good things, I just give them to the person who asked for it and then, you know, hope that they will, <laughs> hope that they'll spread the word of my greatness. But I'm not, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm a terrible hype man. Let's just, let's say that. And some people are their own hype man and they're great at it. And they will take every opportunity or even when the opportunity is not there, they'll create the opportunity to tell you about how how late they were up last night and how much they worked and how they, ah, I haven't slept. And, oh my God, I'm just doing all of everything. This place would be nothing without me. I remember this fucking guy in retail. He went on vacation for a week. And he was like, yep. He's like, I knew it. He's like, this place fell apart without me. And I'm like, how do you figure? <laughs> the lights are still on. We're still in business. It looks identical to when you're here and when you're not here. And, you know, but it's like, yeah, that's the kind of shit you need. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's only, <laughs> it's not a lie if you believe it. So if you come in and say, I'm I'm the greatest member of this, if you say it enough times, people are just going to be like, all right, yeah, it must be. I'm not seeing it, but okay. And uh, anyway. So Celtics are out. NBA Finals start. I'm still excited because it's, you know, once basketball is over, and I can't watch hockey unless it's unless the Bruins are in it, and even then I can barely watch hockey, so I – the notion that I'm going to sit and watch the Stanley Cup final at all, like, I don't know, is it the the Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes? Is that series still going? I don't even know if that series ended. I don't know. I don't know anything. I just, Bruins were eliminated after, like, this was such a fucking, you know, the Celtics were on top of the East pretty much all season. You know, not, not you know, there was, sometimes it was Philadelphia or whatever. Um but then the Celtics beat Philadelphia in the playoffs. It's like, okay, yeah, they are the best team. Bring on the Heat, uh, you know, the team that had to have a play-in game to prove that they should be there, and they just barely, uh, you know, they beat the Bulls. And it's like, yeah, it's just an, they're an eight seed. They they don't really belong here. Let's just let's just go and wipe the floor with these guys, and then move on. And um, yeah. And 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 so that that didn't quite go the way that I think Celtics fans would have thought the season would go. I think at the very least, most people would have thought like, yeah, Celtics will probably be in the finals. Um, maybe against Golden State, maybe against Denver, maybe against Phoenix. And it was damn near. Well, I mean, L.A. lost in four, so I don't know how close we were to having a Celtics Lakers. I mean, we we're. I guess we were close enough. I guess there was like. Enough of a chance, you know. You have four teams left, and two of them are Lakers and Celtics. Yeah, of course. There's there's a, there's a solid chance that that's going to be your NBA Finals, and then of course there's also a solid chance that it's not going to be that at all, and instead it'll be the less interesting. Well, the Heat are a very interesting team, but anyways, Denver. They're just not. You know, Denver's not like. Yeah, Miami is a city that is. You know, there's some of these cities, Miami, New York, L.A., Chicago, Philly, Boston, uh, there's a few others. Um, and then there's, and this isn't a, like a knock at Denver. I feel like Denver is probably one of the best cities in the country. But it's not an exciting, you know, it's, they just, it's just Denver. They're doing their thing. It's a really nice place, I'm sure. Um if uh, if Denver were close to the ocean, it would probably be like the most, maybe the most ideal city that there is. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. But the Denver Nuggets is not, 
you know, it's, it's, it's the same as when, uh, like, I don't know, it's like Minneapolis. Minneapolis is a great city, but that's not, like, that's not one of the, the exciting, like, yeah. If it's New York, if it's Boston, if it's L.A., if it's Chicago, Miami, uh, I don't know, a few others. But, uh, so, so yeah, nobody's talking about Denver. But the fact of the matter is, like, this whole playoffs, all these playoffs, and I, I didn't watch any of Denver and Phoenix. I haven't watched a single Denver Nuggets game. First of all, it's the Western Conference, so it's not exactly easy to, you know, sit. And, and usually it's the last. If there, were, if there were, like, three or four playoff games on a Saturday night, uh, theirs is probably the last one to air, and you've already been watching L.A., and Boston and the Knicks and the, this one and that one and it's like okay I don't I don't care about Denver I'm not watching this I don't care I'm too tired I'm going to bed so between that and just like you know not not being one of those kind of I don't know <laughs> mythological kind of cities uh, it's just like nobody's talking about them but the fact of the matter is is that you watch any of these games and you look at their record and everything else and you say, oh man, it doesn't, LA, Boston, Miami, it doesn't matter, Golden State, it doesn't matter, they're just, it's, that's just going to be the team that gets fed to the Denver Nuggets, I'm pretty sure, it's not glamorous, but that's the best team in the league, and in some ways, I almost said, like, all right, well, at least the Celtics losing in game seven, it's like a mercy kill, uh, so we don't have to watch them lose. <laughs> so we don't have to suffer through watching them lose another finals uh, to the Nuggets. And I don't, I personally, I think it will be a more exciting series than uh, than people, I, 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 it could be, like, one of the great NBA finals of all time, but I I don't see an outcome where the Heat win, but again, I don't know anything. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I I don't have, I don't make millions and millions a year to tell you about things that are going to happen in sports. Like say a Colin Cowherd who said that uh, if Jimmy Butler's your star, you're not going to be playing basketball in late May and June. Oops. Great analysis, Cowherd. As usual, <laughs> sometimes you're like, "Does this guy watch sports?" Like, I don't, I don't watch a fraction of a fraction of the sporting events that Colin Cowherd watches because his job. But then he comes on and he's telling you like, "This one's gonna win, and this one's the best, and this one's the worst, and they're gonna lose." And so fucking often, it's the complete opposite of that. But who cares? It's just, you know, are your ratings good? Fantastic. That's all that matters. And that's my problem. If you have enough confidence, it doesn't matter what stupid shit is coming out of your mouth. If you have people listening to you and watching you and paying to see you, that's all that fucking matters. Unfortunately, but that's the way it goes. Uh, so the So the Celtics season came to an end Monday night. And 24 hours prior to that, uh, the greatest show in the history of television, Succession, came to an end. Fantastic season, fantastic finale. Uh, it was it was exactly the finale that should have like. It's really the only way it could have ended, 
and I'm I am probably going to have some spoilers here. So if you haven't watched Succession, I can't imagine anybody. Uh, there, there aren't any succession fans who on Wednesday are still sitting here saying like, "Yeah, I haven't gotten, a, I haven't gotten around to watching it yet." Well, then you're not a succession fan, you prick. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I am gonna. I guess this will be some spoilers. So here come the spoilers in three, two, one. Succession spoilers coming now. So, Tom is, uh, Tom Wamsgans ends up as CEO, uh, I guess, I mean, I guess he's the successor, you know, Kendall and Roman got a, got a taste of it as they, as they often did, you know, Kendall, uh, various, there were various points where Kendall was, was very, you know, he was in the big chair, but it usually meant that's because Logan is sick in the hospital, or Logan has just died. So, of course, until we finalize the Gojo deal, yes, Kendall and Roman, you guys will be running the running the show here, steering the ship. Um, and in the end, it wasn't Kendall, it wasn't Roman, it wasn't any of the Roy family members. It was it was the in law, <laughs> Tom, which really that's pretty much the only to me the only outcome that really makes any sense at all because and 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 then that's what's so brilliant about the show is that these characters shiv roman kendall would have all been terrible at running the company i think yeah a lot of people think shiv is probably the smartest of the sibling siblings I think I think it's Roman. I think Roman's the smartest because he does have actual. He ha, he's shown on multiple occasions he has some business sense. It's a little more unorthodox, but like I go back to that Volter episode in season one, season two, season whatever it was, um, where Roman uh, he goes out to dinner with Lawrence Yee, and after the you know. They're they're trying to figure out: Are we going to keep Volter around? Are we going to gut it and uh, and be done with it? Is it just you know? Is this a waste of time? Uh, are we going to shut it down? Are we going to whatever? What are we going to do? And Kendall spends the whole day. You know, he's not smart enough to know that they're deliberately just drowning him in analytics and spreadsheets and data and papers and all this stuff to have him go through all this shit. And meanwhile, Roman's like, I don't want to do that crap. So he takes some of the employees out to dinner, out for drinks, gets them shit faced, and they tell him about how they're, you know, they're trying to unionize and all this stuff. And then Roman brings that information back to back to Logan, and Kendall looks like an idiot because he didn't know any of this stuff. And Logan's like, "All right, yeah, got it. We're done. Union, fuck that." And so, like, yeah, Roman on multiple occasions has shown that like he's got he has some uh, business acumen, and honestly. Aside from the fact that Kendall looks and dresses and talks and acts the part, there I don't know that there's been a single time where Kendall showed even like the slightest bit of ability in being a CEO of of any company, let alone like this major uh, media conglomerate, Waystar, Waystar, Royco, whatever the fuck you call it. Um, you know, news network, cruises, all the theme parks, all the things that movie studio, the whole thing. 
there's nothing that <laughs> that Kendall has done that's been successful that I can think of. He overpaid for Valter, and then they shut it down. Wait, complete waste of money. And then he gets Lawrence Yee on the board, who's you know not no friend of Kendall. Although, of course, it doesn't matter because we never saw Lawrence Yee ever again. Even though they teased him in the finale, and you start they were j- j- jingling the keys, so to speak, thinking like, "Oh my God, is it going to be Lawrence Yee who they uh, the board votes in as CEO?" Which would actually have made more sense than Kendall, quite frankly, and maybe even more sense than Tom in some ways, just because. But uh, but uh, you know who knows who knows what Lawrence Yee's been up to since since the the Walter thing. I mean, other than being on the board, I don't know. That there's much else. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, Kendall's just, he's not that bright. And yeah, like he did, he, he killed a guy and, and got away with it. I mean, he didn't actually kill the kid, but like he's, he did his, his actions after the fact were quite shady. Um, and he was driving the car. Oh, well, yeah, I guess he did kill the kid. He was driving, wasn't he? Yeah. So anyway, um. Yeah, and he just, like, you think about all the things that he's done. He just, uh, he talks about shit, and, and he he never delivers. And then the, cl- but then the closest thing was on that Living Plus episode where Kendall, uh, he started out just stumbling, bumbling, fumbling his way through his speech, and then he recovers and gives this great presentation, and it's like, okay, maybe he actually does know what he's doing. But he's just, yeah, he's just, he's just a bullshit artist. He just, you know. And then he gives the, the speech at the funeral, and you think, like, all right, I guess this really is the guy. Because it's clear, like, all right, it's either going to be Kendall or it's not going to be anybody from the family. That much is obvious. It's not gonna, there's not a chance it's going to be Roman. There's not a chance it's going to be Shiv. And especially when, uh, when, uh, when Madsen said, you know, when she was pitching herself as the, the U.S. CEO and Madsen was like, yeah, okay. But he also, even Madsen's like, but what, <laughs> what are your qualifications to be CEO exactly? Um, and it's really just like this, and the finale did such a good job of this because really all three of, of those siblings, Roman, Kendall, and Shiv, they're all, as Roman Roman says it at the end in the in the conference room, and they're fucking you know f- duking it out. He goes, "This is it's bullshit. We're bullshit. We're all bullshit. You're bullshit. I'm bullshit. This whole thing's bullshit." And and of course, going back to Logan, uh, uh, episode two of this season, where Logan says, "I love you, but you are not serious people," and that's exactly right. Like, Shiv has just wanted the, you know, the title of CEO. Like, hey, look at me. I'm CEO. And she thinks she has good ideas, and sometimes she does, but not necessarily. Roman does actually have, like I said, he has the business sense, and he has some good ideas, but he's a fucking maniac. He's a fucking sociopath. Like, he's got so many mental problems that, like, yeah. He, he has no business, just the unpredictable, unpredictability and instability of Roman Roy. And, and yeah, Logan was unpredictable and Logan was a hothead, but Logan knew exactly 
what he was doing and when to do it and how to do it. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he, he's Rupert Murdoch basically from, you know, just some newspaper stuff to like biggest media empire on the planet. And, uh, yeah, Roman lacks that sort of business maturity or whatever you want to call it. Um, the emotional IQ is not there enough to make up for the other things. So can't be Shiv, can't be Roman. That doesn't make sense. And then Kendall, it's like, well, yeah, he's the <laughs> he's the eldest boy, as he said, which is of course not true because poor Connor. Everybody always forgets about poor Connor. Um, and by the way, we didn't get enough Connor in the finale. That would be my probably my only real complaint is I I I would have yeah I feel like there should have been something even just at the you know when they're the final scenes and they're showing you know Roman's having his martini and he's kind of smiling chuckling to himself because he's out he's free he gets to just go back like this is the life that I was meant to lead just doing whatever the fuck I want and having all the money in the world and uh whatever and and probably laughing at the martini thing because of you know making fun of Jerry for drinking martinis. Uh, Shiv is of course we see her in the in the car with Tom. It's hard to tell which one is more miserable, him or her, because Tom, yeah, he's he got the big job, but he is going to just if Tom thought that he was eating shit before, I mean the guy fucking said he you know he was going to go to prison for for Logan. Like talk about, I mean, he, he was, and, and Shiv didn't seem to have really a problem with that. Logan didn't have a problem. Like he was just like, talk about taking bullets. And, um, but now he's, he's at this point where he's just like, yeah, he's like, whatever Rogan, whatever Logan would have done to me. If I was CEO and he was still alive, Madsen is going to be 10 times worse. Cause he's just, you know, Tom's just going to have to, he's just a lap dog who's going to make a shit ton of money and that's why he's where he is but he's going to be miserable forever because he's going to have a miserable fucking job and he's going to have a miserable fucking wife and he's going to have a miserable kid and he's going to be miserable and it's all going to be miserable and uh you know it's kind of this and to me it's just uh, people were seeing like you know Tom putting his hand out in the car and Shiv resting her hand ever so gently on his as like, you know, Tom asserting his power. I don't think at all. I think it's two people who have just become fully aware of how miserable things are going to be and they've just resigned themselves to this fate in this future and they've just given up on like any any of the hopes and dreams they had for anything aside from the one thing that Tom's wanted is to be rich as he says to Shiv a few episodes ago. I like I like the nice clothes. I like expensive things. I like nice things. I like the money. Yeah, there. And so, yeah, he's going to get the money. Everybody's getting the money. And everyone's going to be fucking miserable. Except maybe Roman, but he'll probably be miserable. He'll figure out ways to be miserable. Because he keeps, you know, how many times has Logan, or <laughs> Logan, how many times has Roman been part of the company in some way, shape, or form, and then fired or just whatever? He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. And I think that'll probably be the rest of his life is thinking like, oh man, should I, should I, should I, should I? but I, I think, I think, I think Roman will probably end up, uh, he's, he's not going to end up happy either because he's Roman 
and he's got so many fucking uh, unaddressed sort of mental issues. It's just, yeah, he's he's done too. And then, of course, Kendall, as he said, Kendall is a, <laughs> a cog that f- only fits in one machine on the planet. And that's it. And, but that's really, there's no, like, never has Kendall, has there been something like, oh, well, I, you know, I I increased profits by this. I increased ad revenue by that. I, ratings went up here and the movies are doing better here. And this one, and the cruises are up. There's never any actual, like, numerical evidence that says that, Kendall should be the CEO other than him believing that it's his birthright just by being the guy who's been in the machine for so long and is the, he's not the eldest boy, but he's the eldest boy who's in the company. But that's just such a great, when he's just yells, I'm the eldest boy. Oh my God. It's fantastic. And that's also the thing. Like he's no more mature than anybody else in that family. And he's bullshit. He's just the best uh, at bullshitting the bullshit. Because like I said, he's the one who looks and acts and feels the part more than, you know, he walks upright and he's very proper and he and he uses the corporate buzzwords and knows how to run a meeting and knows how to speak in public and uh, and all these things. But really, like, he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. He just doesn't. And you go back to the first season, you know, when he, Logan was in the hospital and, and Kendall's, you know, talking to the, the guy from the bank, uh, Mr. Mr. Polk. And, uh, and he just like, he tells, he's like, oh, come on, man, fuck off. And then the, Mr. Polk's like, you know what? You, you can, you can go through an intermediary. It's best that we don't speak anymore. I don't really like being talked to like that. And, like Kendall just there's so many times where he just fucks shit up <laughs> between that and between Volter and between like bringing in Stewie and not knowing that Sandy was the the parasite with Stewie to come in uh, you know and and now they're now they're inside the comp- like all this stuff that he did just in the few days or weeks that Logan was out of commission uh back in season 1 he fucks shit up and then in season two, he just does whatever Logan tells him to do. So like, okay, <laughs> so that Logan doesn't spill the beans on on Kendall killing the the, the catering kid in the the car accident. Uh, and then in in season three, is of course Kendall sort of goes goes rogue, and he's but he's just he's just being a fucking he's just. Maybe maybe at his most insufferable in season three. And then we see like the sort of manic bipolar, the up and the down, where like at the, the first the beginning of the season he's he's just like, you know, he thinks he's a rock star and he's I'm gonna take down dad. I'm gonna be I'm gonna take him down and I'm gonna be the CEO. This is my company, I'm putting him out of business. And then nothing really happens at all. And Tom doesn't have to go to jail. But now Tom is like, yeah, uh, Kendall really kind of fucked me in a way. And uh, so fuck him. And Shiv is just terrible to me all the time and would gladly have seen me go into prison and says terrible things to me. So fuck her. 
And Roman's just an asshole all the time, so fuck him. And uh, so then, you know, Tom's like, all right, Greg, let's uh, let's go do this. <laughs> Team Tom, Team Logan. And and Logan sees that, too. I, I think it's interesting because at a certain point, I think Logan does realize, like, all right, maybe Tom's not, like, just the empty suit that, that he appears. He's almost like the complete opposite of Kendall. Like, Tom appears to be somewhat of a doofus, and sometimes he does doofus things. But then when you when you sort of look at the details, like he knows what he's doing. He's he didn't he didn't inherit a company. He came from uh, St. Paul, a little boy from St. Paul, and you know went to went to business school. I would imagine, or you know, his mom's a lawyer, and you know, who knows? Maybe maybe Tom went to law school too. I don't know. Um, but uh, he obviously did work his way up, you know, and he came to the big city all by himself and, uh, you know, just managed to, to, to work his way up in the company. And you got to think, like, that doesn't – he didn't get this job because he was married to Shiv because he wasn't married to Shiv. He had the job. And somewhere along the way, I'm sure he got high enough in the company that he was probably at some function where the, the kids were all there and – Obviously, uh, you know, Tom got to a point where he was in the, the big boy chair, and, you know, and got to know Kendall and everything. And it was probably introduced to Shiv and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so and then even in this season, when Tom is talking to Logan about like, you know, oh, yeah, or whatever he says, ad revenue is up X percent. And then, of course, Logan's like, yeah, but what about our, uh, you know, what about operational costs? And uh, and then when Logan yells at the guy, he's like, "Is <laughs> is five more than thirty or whatever, whatever the hell it is?" Um, but Tom, obviously, you know, is he is he the best in the business? Nah, I don't know about that. I mean, Tom is obviously a weasel. He's going to do whatever works out best for himself and gets him the most money, even if it's at the expense of his wife. But also, his wife has proven time and time again that she doesn't give a fuck about him. Again, sending Tom, letting Tom just like take the bullet for Logan and for the family and go to prison, she was more than willing to do that. And she seemed very sort of like flippant about, like anytime he would even bring up his concerns about like, you know, he'd be like, I was on the prison blogs and I was reading about how to make toilet wine and all this stuff. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound good, Shiv. It, it doesn't, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound nice. And then she's just like, oh, shut up. You're just being a baby. You're overreacting. It's just prison. <laughs> and so like yeah it, it you know and 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 the stuff with him and greg is often you know it's very comedic it's very hilarious uh even up to the end and um <laughs> yeah even even to the end with tom putting the little sticker on greg's forehead like claiming him <laughs> <It's> so good <laughs> it's lemon greg <laughs> um so, uh, yeah, so Tom is like, he's eating a lot of shit for this family and maybe feels like, yeah, what have I really gotten in return? I mean, the only person who, who supported Tom more than anybody was Logan and now Logan's dead and Tom is feeling like, all right, I'm completely fucked. And so Madsen comes in and says like, Hey Tom, I want to fuck your wife. I think she wants to fuck me. Also, she's not going to be the CEO. What about you? Pitch pitch yourself to me and tom's like oh yeah 
I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whatever the right answer is, that's my answer to the question. And, uh, yeah, you're going to, I'm just going to be your fucking punching bag for the rest of my life. And you're just going to tell me what to do and when to do it and how high to jump. And I'll, and I will do it with a smile on my face. And you're going to, you're going to open my mouth anytime you have to take a shit and just, (laughs) just have at it. And I'm going to smile and say, thank you, sir. May I have another? And I'm going to become more disgustingly filthy, stinky, rich uh, than I could have ever imagined in my wildest dreams growing up in St. Paul. And I'm going to love every goddamn minute of it, even though I will be miserable for the rest of my life. I don't know any other way to be. And I like money too much. And I like nice things too much. Um, But also, he's capable enough. Like, he's... there. You know, there's like the goofy kind of submissive Tom around Shiv, who then, you know, he sheds that skin, uh, particularly during the course of this season. But you start to see signs of it in season two. Uh, And you can tell he's always, you know, he's bothered by so much of how she treats him. And, uh, and then he says, you know, fuck it. And, and by the end of season four, he's just, you know, he has no problem just telling her (laughs) straight up, like you're, you're not a good person to have kids. You're not a good person at all. You're blah, blah, blah. You know, just all the, th- you know, when they had it out on the balcony of their place and all this stuff. And on again, off, during season four, the marriage is over. But then it's not. But then it is. But then it's not. And, uh, yeah, so it, 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 it makes sense. He, he is. He's the opposite of Kendall. Kendall looks the part and isn't. And Tom... You know they make during the season. You know they make fun of his kind of his cheap haircut, and and that kind of thing. How he just kind of looks, whatever. Um, you know, a bad. He's not a. He might have expensive clothes, but he's still a bad dresser, and he has a bad haircut, and all this stuff. And and he's a. You know, the stuff with Greg is always so comedic. But then when you really get down to it, it's like, well. He didn't just get to be there because he's a fucking, you know, he's fucking curly from the Three Stooges. Like, he has to have had something, something that warrants being in that spot. And, and uh, yeah, and it is. It's, uh, it just, yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, oh, for God's sakes. <sighs> oh, my God, she is so fucking stupid. Why is she so stupid? Why why do the stupidest people get sent to me? And why can't I just have a break from the stupidest people on the planet? Uh, all right, I think it's time to be done. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, she's such an idiot. Every time I think I've met the stupidest person that I can possibly work with, another day happens. <laughs> another sunrise takes place and uh oh my god and it's and like how do they get this far all right maybe 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 i'm it's all wrong about tom because like clearly people people get very very far in life with no qualifications whatsoever but either way whatever the level of tom's qualification to be ceo of fucking waystar um, and by the way, I'm sure that that will come to an end probably within a year of him, you know, taking that job, getting that job. Because at some point, Madsen's just going to realize like, okay, I've got, 
let me get let me get somebody better in this spot or you know Madsen and Mencken will have a falling out and then Mencken uh, Madsen will have no use for Tom anymore this something's going to happen uh between the end of succession and the next presidential election and and Tom will be he'll be done <laughs> um so yeah so they're they're all miserable at the end but but yeah Tom is uh, at least you know he may not be the sharpest dressed he may not uh, be the the smoothest of talkers but you know he does know how to handle himself he does know how to be political he does know how to strategize and scheme uh and uh and he also has a track record of you know some level of success whereas Kendall has just like f- just fucked up left and right he has no business running that company at all other than he's Logan's son and uh, and and as Roman says he's bullshit it's complete bullshit and you sit back and you say oh yeah he's he would be terrible because we've seen him a little bit as CEO and he was terrible when he wasn't CEO, he was making bad decisions. So, yeah, of course that's Tom. But, yeah, we get to the end, and Kendall has no purpose in life other than to be better than his dad, to show his dad that he's not just capable of doing the job but doing it better than Logan. And he's never even going to get he, – he wouldn't, but he's not even – now that opportunity is gone. And that's all, like – Kendall is a terrible father. He's a terrible husband. He's a terrible friend. He's just pretty much terrible at everything, except in his mind running Waystar. But also, he's terrible at that too. And he's sitting on that bench, looking out over the Hudson, and uh, you know, saying to himself, "Well, okay." I'm filthy fucking rich, even richer than I was before, and I was filthy rich before, and now I've, but I've got nothing because, uh, you know, I sold my soul to the devil to help get uh, Mencken elected uh, after my wife made it very clear that, you know, the, the racism, you know, Mencken's basically, you know, a Trump-type guy, and, uh, you know, racism and that kind of thing is on the rise with Mencken and his white supremacist sort of values and beliefs, which is very similar to Trump. And uh, Rava's telling Kendall that her kids are getting, uh, you know, harassed and things because they're, um, yeah, as we, as we find out officially, one of the kids is adopted and the other one is a sperm donor. So they're, neither of them are Kendall's by blood. And so... <laughs> That comes into play too. Just like he's not even, not only is he a bad father, he's not even their father in the biological sense. Uh, so the the bloodline, if if that's what matters most in Waystar, is Logan uh, being succeeded by a blood relative. Okay, Kendall is his biological son, and then after that, who? Um, if you're going in that sort of <laughs> sort of uh, dynastic, you know bloodline sort of thing um yeah so yeah so kendall's miserable at the everybody just ends up even richer than they were and even more miserable than they were and uh yeah tom realizes what his future looks like and that if he doesn't do all the shitty things that he has to do he will be the then the 
the the faucet is turned off. No more no more money just spitting out of it left and right. And uh, so that's his future. That's fun. And he just kind of lazily puts his hand down on the thing, and Shiv puts her hand on his. As they've both just you know officially accepted the fact, like, all right, well, here it is. We're just gonna we're gonna just be miserable, and uh, we're about to become parents, and we're probably gonna be shitty parents. Um, and uh, yeah, life sucks, but here we are. I don't know. There weren't any other options. And, you know, and, and when you talk, like, people are like, I can't believe Shiv did that to Kendall, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Shiv saw that once her job got eliminated, you know, she wasn't getting the top job. And she saw the fact that, yeah, she even says to Rose, she's like, you scare me. I am afraid of you because of just his callousness, you know, on the election night episode where, you know, Kendall's like, all right, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I like this Mencken guy as president, you know, if it's going to adversely affect my 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 children my family uh but at the end that's that's not enough to stop him from like yeah all right Mencken, you're president we made him the president we called it he's president um and roman had no roman just said hey we had a good night at tv we made some money and uh, that's it nothing happens and and that's his like i'm sure roman slept like a baby that night feeling great like yeah we just did some fucking great tv it's all good good night and shiv of course was standing there saying yeah but things do happen and things do have consequences and what the fuck has just happened here and uh i'm sure at some point you know yeah she saw in the in the in the boardroom she saw kendall you know she stopped and realized like yeah he's he's fucking immature he has no business being in charge of this company at all and so she changed her mind. And I'm sure part of that was also that she saw like, okay, if I can't be CEO, if Kendall and Roman are running this company, I'm going to have no say in anything other than, you know, yeah, I guess a board seat. Um, if Tom's in charge, well, I'm not CEO, but that's, that's the closest that I can get to being CEO without being CEO. And so she just accepts the fact that he fucking – you know, he shivved her <laughs> by just saying like, yeah, okay, Shiv's not going to be CEO. I'll do it. Yeah, sounds good. That's great. Oh, you want to bang my wife? Cool. That's great. Whatever. <laughs> as long as the money, as long as the paycheck's there every week and it's humongous, great. I don't care. And uh, so, yeah, so she's like, all right, I guess this is the best outcome. <laughs> it's the best outcome Shiv could have hoped for and uh, the best outcome that Tom could have hoped for. And they're both terrible outcomes, and they're both miserable. But they're hey, we're gonna be miserable together. So, hold my hand, honey, honey, baby. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was great. I loved the episode. I, I don't think I, I don't know that there's an episode of Succession that I don't absolutely love. I mean, there's a, there's a couple that are you know there's there's some that are obviously weaker than others, but and I don't I I really don't think there's a bad episode of that series. And and they did what very few people are able to do which is i'm sure hbo would have been happy to have 10 more seasons of succession as long as everybody's watching it who cares um and uh, yeah and then the but they they were smart enough just sort of like jerry seinfeld they were smart enough to say you know what we're uh, we're gonna go out on top we're gonna leave them wanting more we're gonna leave them talking about it you know things that would have happened or could have happened or whatever um 
there's there's so many ways that this show could go and we're going to end it and you can use your imagination or what i hope is that there will be a show a, a spin-off of some kind and we will get to see you know and maybe yeah we we probably won't see jeremy strong probably won't see uh karen calkin too but like yeah maybe it's uh maybe it's tom and shiv and uh, uh you know and greg and maybe a few others and and yeah and and maybe some of them you know drop by from time to time make a cameo throughout the here and there but like that would be a great that would be a great follow up a great successor to succession would be the succession spinoff and uh, i'm 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 holding out hope that that's going to happen sometime in the next few cuz i those are those are my Tom and Greg have been my favorite. Part. I love Roman. I love I mean Logan Brian Cox is just so good, and uh, even Brian Cox thought he was he was killed off too early in the final season, which I do agree. I mean yeah, made it made for a very surprising, shocking episode three, but then you get to the end of it, it's like oh man, Logan is dead, and uh, and now we've got <laughs> seven more episodes. And no Logan, and and yes, some of those episodes had uh, you know they were, they were watching old clips of him from from the days and weeks leading up to his death or what have you. But you know you're not having him as a as as a character on the show, and that you know as Shiv says in the funeral, you know goodbye to my my world of a father, and yeah, like Logan was like his own planet. And Brian Cox was his own planet as far as, like, the acting and just the, uh, I, I don't want to say gravitas. But, you know, he's, it was it was a major loss in a, in a lot of ways. And, I yeah, I wish they had waited, uh, you know, maybe two or three more episodes. And it still could have been surprising. But, eh, it was still great. Even with that, that's how good the show is, even without, uh its main character around which all of the events are, uh, are centered. Um, when he's gone, he's still the main character, even without him there. And it's still just as good as anything. And that's how good the cast is. That's how good the writing is. That's how good everything is in this show that it just, you know, it just keeps, just keeps chugging along. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how good the Sopranos would have been if, uh, in the final season they killed off Tony, uh, halfway through the the third episode, <laughs> um, that would have been yeah. You couldn't have had it. And this show is just so much about everybody, and everybody has such a such a weight to them, and um, that you can kill off such a huge character so early into the final season and still have it just as good and just as interesting and just as fun and. and sad and funny and everything else uh as it was when he was on the show so that's pretty cool um yeah so i think everybody everybody ends up (laughs) i hate to say it but they end up pretty much exactly where they belong at the end (laughs) miserable (laughs) kendall's gonna be miserable forever uh connor's just gonna be exactly he's water he flows he's just gonna he's gonna be fine um, Roman's just gonna, yeah, probably just, uh, drink and do coke and be an asshole for the rest of his days. And, uh, and Shiv and Tom will be 
together forever, making each other miserable for all eternity. Uh, and, and Greg will be <laughs> Greg will be the human furniture upon which uh, Tom rests his weary feet <laughs> forever. But also, you would want to see like what? Oh my God! There's just so much that can happen with that dynamic. So I I hope we get some kind of. You know, for all the people who love Breaking Bad, you got to have Better Call Saul. You got to stay in that universe for a, a while longer. And so I hope that – and for Game of Thrones, they made that House of the Dragons thing. So you get – you're back in that that universe even if it's not all, you know, the, the characters that you knew from – it's like you're still in there. And uh, Yeah, so I – you know, Deadwood, we got to have a movie. Sopranos, you got to have that Saints of Newark thing. Um, you know, we, so I, I, I just feel like, and I, I hope there's something in the succession universe that, uh, that comes along in the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, that we might've seen the last of, you know, the, the, the thing that's dying and pretty much dead, you know, is the, the whole idea of, uh, uh, having um you know that appointment viewing like sitting down and watching everybody watching tv at the same time on the same night and then talking about it the next day it just doesn't work anymore because everything's on demand and you just sort of watch it when you can and uh and it's really funny because the the ratings came out for succession and it's huge huge numbers and you look at it and it's like 2.9 million viewers or something like that and it just makes me laugh because I think back to like, I think back to like 1995, 1996, when WCW, Monday Nitro, and Monday Night Raw were competing against each other. And it would be like, oh man, Monday Night Raw only got 3 million viewers, or only got 2.5 million viewers. And Monday Nitro got 3 million viewers. And, uh, you know, all these, somebody had a. Some, there was a tweet somewhere about some sitcom. I don't even remember what the hell it was. Some sitcom that came out in like 1986 with like Elliot Gould and I, I don't know. Um, and, and it lasted for a season or a few episodes because it, it was a complete bomb. And that show had like 17 million viewers every week. And it was, you know, that's just the way things are. There's, there's so many options and you don't have to watch stuff live and you don't have to have a VCR to tape something. And, you know, it's, so it's like, other than maybe some, you know, major news events and big sporting events, there's not much that people are just like sitting down and watching together at the same time. And succession was one of those things. And I, I do appreciate HBO keeping that sort of Sunday night H you know, HBO has been the king of Sunday night since like what forever late nineties at least. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it might be, might be some of the, the last, I hope, I hope HBO keeps, keeps doing that. And uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure there will be, you know, they'll, they'll, but not, I don't know that anything is going to come close to to what they had with succession game of thrones was another one uh yeah i don't know but it was so so yeah it was great though and it was it was great that the finale took place on memorial day weekend so i could stay up late watching that 
and watching Barry and watching somebody somewhere and, and still be able to sleep in a little bit. Um, the Barry finale was fine. I never was like super emotionally invested in that show. I don't like, aside from Hank, I just don't like any of the characters on that show. I can't stand Sally. A lot of people like Sally, which tells you a lot about people. Like she's a completely unlikable person and a lot of people like her. So I don't, I don't know. And Barry is an even more unlikable person and people like him. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was just interesting, interesting. And it was a very, uh, yeah, it just kind of fizzled out, but it was a good episode and, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Um, even though I was never just, I just was never the biggest fan of that show, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed it enough. Uh, and then somebody somewhere is just great. And, uh, yeah, Sam and Joel mended their friendship and, uh, and they had a lovely, lovely last episode. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that'll be back for a third season. I don't know if it's renewed or anything. I don't know, but hopefully that'll keep going. Uh, cause that's, that's just like, I can only describe the show as like just a nice, a nice warm hug. That's what it is. It's a good chaser to succession where it's just all terrible people. And then Barry where it's mostly just the terrible people. And, uh, and then, the, and then somebody somewhere is just like people. And a lot of those people are just really just such likable characters. They're just, they're just fun, like good, just you know, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just a great show. It's just fucking great. Uh, and I love Fred Rococo. I love that character. God, fucking love that show. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that's, those, that's, a, that's, those are my thoughts on some of the TV events of the last few days. Uh, I hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. Um, I don't remember much about the Memorial Day weekend. I know I worked way too late on Friday, as I said I would not do. I, I had planned to take Friday off, and it ended up being the complete opposite of that because I, I can't, I yeah, I just it just it was the complete opposite of that. Uh, and then from there, uh, Saturday was good. Uh, my oh yeah, my my daughter had uh, her first uh, sleepover. Her best friend came over Saturday afternoon. They hung out and played all day, and they watched all four Shrek movies. <laughs> um, which is, I guess, it's not just my kids. I guess there's just like this weird sort of ironic obsession with Shrek, which I, I think is very funny. Um, so yeah, they watched all four Shrek movies and uh, had a you know just had a nice fun time. And uh, God, I don't yeah. It was a pretty relaxing weekend, to be honest. It was pretty nice. And then Monday we got up and we went uh, downtown. We got to enjoy the Memorial Day parade, which I would never in a million years go to any kind of parade. But when your kid's in the parade, of course you're going to go to the parade. And then it's, you know, and then you're there and it's like, yeah, this is nice. This is fun. Something, you know, get out of the house, do something different. And so, uh, yeah, my, yeah, my 11 year old plays the flute. And I uh, got to march in her second parade. She was in the Veterans Day parade last year with the school band, uh, and then the Memorial Day parade, and uh, and they've got a concert, I believe, coming up uh, in about a week. So that's fun. And um, 
Yeah, and then my oldest, we got to talk to the the band teacher uh, afterwards. They they you, you drop the kids off at the baseball stadium, and they all congregate there, and then they get into their places and their positions, and then the parade gets going, and then they march in the parade and they play their instruments. And uh, and my youngest was just I'm so just one of those just nice proud like wow look at this kid just you know just getting better and better at the flute getting better and better at the violin passionate about both of those things works hard at them both and uh, that was cool and uh, and it was a nice day for it too and so they they march down Main Street and then they go back to the school. And, uh, and we walk over and meet them at the school and they, and, uh, the, the, the band teacher was outside, uh, and we, we chatted with him for a little bit and I said, Hey, uh, you guys, you guys need a drummer because my oldest, uh, has been playing drums for almost a year and, uh, would like to, you know, try out for the band, would like to try out for the jazz band and, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, so he, he said, yeah, I'll send, uh, I'll send the, the paperwork home uh with uh, with my daughter and uh yeah so that's good that's fun was, and then uh, memorial day yeah we sat around and you know enjoyed some outdoors time went on a couple little scooter rides uh with the oldest child and a few by myself <laughs> and uh and then uh, yeah it was nice it was good so i hope you all had a lovely enjoyable wonderful tremendous memorial day weekend and uh yeah i'm i'm just i'm ready to as i mentioned every single week i get up on monday or tuesday if it's a if it's a shorter work week and i pretend that i just have to make it to friday and i'll be retired and never have to work again and that's how i get through the week sadly enough and uh, <laughs> but boy i really am i'm just like i, I know it's a, it's quite a ways off but boy it would be nice It'd be nice if that really was on the horizon because I'm just, and people say, like, what are you going to do? You'd be so bored. No, no, I'm, I'm bored. I'm plenty bored <laughs> and unhappy. I, I feel like doing the opposite of what uh, has been, you know, what I've been doing for ever uh, would actually, yeah, I might be bored some days, but I, you know, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, okay, well, we wasted that day. No big deal. We get another one tomorrow. As opposed to like, oh, my God, the weekend's already gone. I didn't do half of what I wanted to do because I'm so tired. Now work, oh, my God, it's just going to keep going forever. So, yeah, this would be, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be delighted. And, you know, I think about it on May 31st. I think about when uh, the only time in my life that I've, that I've been uh, severanced and uh, it was because I was part of a major hiring spree, and then two years later, they, they you know that all corrected itself as it does at every major you know huge company. They, you know, one minute's like we can't spend any money on anything ever again, and then six months later, it's like spend money on everything you can. <laughs> and I, you know, I luckily got to come in at the time where they were spending money on everything. And then two years later, uh, yeah, there, there were like 40 of us who got, got the ax. And my biggest regret is that I didn't, because I, this was 2017. I was notified at the beginning of April, like, Hey, you know, sorry, but can't work here anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, 
but they had a thing where it's like, but you have to, you have to work uh, until the end of May. So May 31st is going to be your last day. And if you leave at all before that, uh, you won't be eligible for severance, which is a fun, just, just more of the fun, the fun of capitalism. It's just fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more of being in the, the late stage jump the shark capitalism as opposed to like the baby boomer, like let's just gobble it all up. Oh my God, I can't believe we can pretty much just have anything we want practically for free kind of capitalism. Uh, gold watch and a pension capitalism that is long gone. But anyway, my biggest regret is that I didn't just let it get to May 31st and then... And I was only there for not even two years. Um, so I only had three months of severance. You know, not not enough to just be like, all right, I'm taking a year off. But, like, enough that, like, God damn it, you, you just enjoy – take the summer off. Like, I will I will regret that until the day I die. I, You know, there are a lot of regrets, but they're, they're – <laughs> There are regrets with an asterisk where I can look I can look at many sides of it and say, yeah, but. And this is like the only thing where there's no yeah, but. I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, but I had I had double the income because I started I ended my job on 531 and then started the following Monday. And uh Yeah, I think it was actually the same calendar as this year, 2017. Yeah, because it was May thirty first was on a Wednesday. Because I remember going out to one uh, a final lunch with the team at uh, at this uh, Jacob Worth just uh, German restaurant. It was really good. I think it's gone now. It's kind of an institution. And my boss, who is also gone now, he died last year. Um, I was shocked at how young he was because he seemed like a very old man eight years ago when I went to work for him. Lovely, lovely guy. A really awesome dude. Uh, anyway, yeah, we went, we went to the – and I remember it was a, a, a shockingly cold. Like we had jackets on. It was like 50 degrees. Like what the hell is this? It's May 31st. It's freezing outside. And uh, – and leaving and being happy, like, all right. But then, like, and then I thought, oh, now I just have to start a new job on Monday. I just, I was just really getting used to this job after two years. And now I got to start a new one and new, all new everything on Monday. Oh, man, oh, man. And, uh, yeah, and then that, that weekend was just crazy because we had to go out to Rochester uh, for my cousin's wedding. And we missed the whatever you call the part of the reception the night before the wedding, they went to some burger place and had a, had a fun time. And I couldn't make it because I, I was, I bought a new car and I had like all this, it was just a whole, cause my, my car didn't pass inspection. I was on June 1st, like, you know, I only had, so I had what Thursday and Friday off and then the weekend and then Monday starts the new job. So there's a little bit of stress to say the least. And I think about it now and it's like, God damn it. And I, I raced into a job that I didn't really want that didn't sound all that great. And it wasn't. <laughs> it ended up leading to like, you know, some of the most miserable months of my life. And I look back at that and I'm just like, oh, just don't worry about the money. Just just take the summer vacation. You're going to get paid until fucking September. 
just take the summer off and spend every fucking minute with your kids who are only young once and just do stuff every day. Go to the beach, hang out. I, I'm like, it makes like I I am angry just thinking about it. Like, oh, why? I that was that's maybe the biggest mistake that I've made in my life. Because you could, again, you could argue, like I could say, like, ah, I wish I hadn't gotten my MBA because it's just given me nothing but but trouble. But that's not true. It's given me a lot. <laughs> not just money and stuff like that, you know. I, I, and maybe that's why I, I feel some sense of kinship with Tom Wamsgans because I feel like that's just been, you know, I just kind of, I go where the money is and what, what outcome is going to get me the most money and that's what I go with. And just like Tom, <laughs> and although on a, on a much smaller scale for me, uh, so, but yeah, this, you could argue a lot because the NBA has taken me to places that it wouldn't like, literally taken me uh, different parts of the, of the country and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and 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 given me like a, you know a ton of friends and just stuff that you know I, I don't know what it would look like if I didn't have it. So it's like you could you could go I could go back and forth all day on it was the best decision, it was the worst decision, it was somewhere in between. Um, but the, the but the but the decision to just aggressively spend April and May of 2017 uh, looking for a new job so that I could start. As soon as the last job ended, I could pretty much just go right to the next one. And and the thought of like, oh man, double, I'm going to get two paychecks for, <laughs> for roughly the same amount. And the new one is even more than the, the old one. And the old one was pretty damn good. And I'm going to, uh, for three months, I'm just going to have double the income. You know what that did? Uh, not much. Um, yeah, we were able to like buy some stuff for the kids that, we still could have bought. <laughs> I just didn't, I just wouldn't have felt as bad since I had like two paychecks. Um, but I didn't use it. I didn't use that extra money intelligently. And then when tax season came the next year and I owed like, Oh my God, I owed close to $7,000 because that having that severance and the full-time job, having like two incomes. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it ended up, um, it ended up being, uh, you know, you make you put it put me into a, a different bracket. You know, you if you make more money than last year, you're gonna have to pay more in taxes, and vice versa. Generally speaking, um, unless you're a church, in which case you can make millions of dollars and have a big house and not pay any taxes, uh, or or a, or a corporation or any number of things where they somehow get to be really, really rich and not have to give any of it to the government. Um, <laughs> and then those of us get a, get a bump of, uh, you know, twenty thirty thousand dollars and, uh, and suddenly all of that. And then some has to go back. But, uh, yeah, so it was like, okay, so I, I spent the summer just commuting to Boston every day, just like I had been and, uh, getting up early get on the bus, get on the train, work a very long day, long hours, and uh, and then have to pay a, a shit ton of taxes the following year. And then I was kind of like, 
with this company now. And it was the most miserable place that I've ever worked. And, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, there's always going to be the part of me that says, like, I don't know what would have happened at the end of the summer. And you know what sucks, too, is the place that, you know, where I was laid off, there was no, like, it was just purely budgetary. Because I was talking to people about, like, oh, we have an opening in this group and maybe that group. And and then, of course, after I had accepted my new offer and, like, I was, like, a week into it and I was getting all these emails and, like, yeah... (laughs) for for the company that I had left that I didn't want to leave. And I just, just thinking, I, I was just so like terrified of not being employed that I just, I was like, I got, I have to start a new job immediately after that. I can't, I can't be without it. And really, oh man, I just should have just fucking just chilled the fuck out. I could have, en- oh my God, I could have just enjoyed that summer. I could have had three months off, full pay, full benefits, just enjoy the severance, enjoy the time with the family. And we'd still, we did plenty of stuff together. That, that was a great summer. You know, we, we did a lot and we had a lot of fun, but it could have been, <laughs> it could have been a much better summer uh, if I had just uh, taken those, that time off. But anyway, uh, all right. It's, I think it's time to go. I think it's, uh, it's been plenty of time uh, talking to you fine people. And uh, we'll talk soon. Uh, what 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 was I feel like I was gonna say some more stuff, but I can't think of what that stuff might be. So I'm just gonna go, and uh, I will say to you, uh, please keep listening and liking and subscribing and telling your friends about the Birthday Boy podcast. Go to birthdayboyshop.com and get merch because I'm taking that thing down uh, probably at the end of the month. I, I'm thinking June 30th will be a nice round number kind of day to just be done with all of that because uh yeah it's a fucking you talking about a waste of money <laughs> oh man uh so anyway uh yeah go to birthdayboyshop.com buy tons of stuff while you still can it's gonna be it's flying off the shelves and it'll be our last chance to get it uh and i think that's it enjoy your day enjoy your week enjoy whatever it is that you're doing or will be doing or are going to do or have done or I, 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 I don't know. Enjoy it all. And, uh, yeah, we're in season five. Can you believe it? Season five of the Birthday Boy Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Later, Gators.